I know you must have a lot on your mind. It's very normal to have a mind full of things to focus on, to worry about, to be concerned with. And maybe you came in here uh, and, and for the last few days, your mind's just bombarded with stuff. And maybe you're thinking about the problems that you have or maybe a certain pain that you're dealing with in your life or a relationship with a child or a parent or, or someone you're married to. Or, or maybe you're thinking about money, you know, tax time coming up and all that. Or your job because tax time is coming and all that. Or maybe you're like me and, and you keep getting so distracted by everything you see around you in the world. It's just bombarding you with all these messages and images and you're not even quite sure how to make sense of all of it. But here's the deal. I bet there's one thing that you probably haven't been thinking about as you wake up every morning. I could be wrong, but my hunch is on the forefront of your mind, the most pressing issue for you is probably not I wonder if I really understand what the Bible is all about. Man, I could be wrong, but I bet you didn't get up a few days this morning going, oh, if I could just understand everything in the Bible, then my life would be fixed. My problems would be gone. No, you, you probably are not thinking that. And, and here's the deal. That's what this series is about, really. But I want you to know that we know that in your mind, it's probably not the most pressing issue you're facing. Now, on the other hand, there could be some of you watching online or at one of our locations that you do think about this a lot. Maybe it's because of a bad experience that you've had in your life that has brought a lot of confusion and frustration when it comes to the Bible and trying to figure it all out. And maybe you do think quite often, Man, I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand how this fits, and I don't know what it's about, and it sure would be helpful. Well, here's the deal. Regardless of what side of the question you fall on, you need to know that that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. And you need to know that regardless of your knowledge of Scripture now in the Bible or not, this is going to be helpful. Because when you understand the theme and the plot line that ties the whole thing together, then suddenly you're going to have a lot of your questions about God and life and the world clarified. Some of them are going to be outright answered. It's going to help you know how to approach life with a lot more clarity. It's also going to add a lot of meaning and value to your life. If you understood how the, how the Bible fits together and, and what it's really all about, it would add so much value and meaning to your life. And it would help you know where your story fits into the overall ebb and flow of history. Now, here's the deal. Christians, you need to know this. Most Christians do not know or understand what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks in this series. They don't know. They don't understand. So consider yourself special. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus... You could not have picked a better time to show up and to tune in online. And I know this is, you're thinking, I don't know if I want to know all this, need to know this. No, 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 no. This is going to answer a lot of questions for you. As you bring in a very inquisitive mind, an investigating posture, or maybe just a questioning heart, we're so glad that you're joining us. 
because I think this is going to help. And, and in the video that was setting up the message right before I came out on stage, a lot of questions were posed. We're going to get to those questions as we go along. But first, we have to lay a foundation for us to build from. And here's what I want to do. In order for us to kind of get started, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. we got to go all the way back to when everything got started so that when we understand that, we'll understand how we got here and why we're here and what's going on today. So I want to take you all the way back, all the way to the beginning, and I'll give you a crash course really quick. God created humans. That's where it started. God created a man named Adam, a woman named Eve, and he put them in this Garden of Eden. Beautiful place. Paradise. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Why did he create humans? He created humans because he wanted to have a relationship with humans. That in and of itself is an amazing thought. That in and of itself, the fact that God, creator of heaven and earth, almighty, divine, wanted to have a relationship with his creation, sets God apart from all other divinities that have ever been imagined by human beings. God wanted to have a relationship with humanity. So he put Adam and Eve in this garden and he gave them clear instructions. A lot of clear instructions, actually. Uh, the first, uh, well, one of the first, it's a big one, was be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that's about. Just think about it. I mean, how, what if that was God's command to you? Yes, Lord. I hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Right? You know, well, Jesus, they didn't know Jesus yet, but you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but other clear instructions. He said, I want you to rule over the earth. I want you to have dominion over the earth and reign and be in charge of all the animals on the ground, the birds in the air, fish in the sea. And I want you to care for the earth. But he gave him a very specific part of this instruction. He said, listen, guys, there's, there's a tree in the middle of the garden that I don't want you to eat from the fruit of this tree. The tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you're free to eat from all the other trees and all the garden and anything else you see and can come up with and, and find. It's all there for you. Enjoy. But, 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 but one tree, don't eat from this one. Now, even if you're not a Christian, you know where this is going. I mean, you're, you're probably pretty familiar with this because Hollywood has visited this theme artistically so many times. And what is it about us human beings, you know, when you say, oh, there's all these yeses, there's all of these yeses, you can have all these things, but there's one no. No to this. And what is it about us that wants to focus on the one No. Boy, it's the quandary of, the, the conundrum of parenting, isn't it? Right? That's exactly what your kids do, right? Yes, 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 yes. No. Where do they go? To the no. Because none of us like to be told no. One tree, don't eat. Well, then Satan comes onto the picture. And Satan, in the form of a serpent, tempts persuades Adam and Eve to dishonor and disobey God. Now, I don't know about you, but very upfront. If a snake starts talking to you, <laughs> don't you think you would, something's up here. I don't know if I'd be hanging around to have a conversation with any snake. I hate those things. I'd be on the other side of the garden just like that, right? But sure enough, I got into this conversation with Satan. 
And Satan basically, let me summarize for you, said, you know, I think God's holding out on you. God doesn't want you to know what he knows. God doesn't want you to be as great as he is. So Adam and Eve were like, well, man, okay then. And so they did what God said not to do. They ate. And when they disobeyed God and when they dishonored God, in that moment, for the very first time on earth in history, sin entered the world. And things have not been the same since. In the first century, Paul the Apostle is writing to a group of Christians in the city of Rome, trying to help them understand all of this and understand God's plan of salvation and love and help them understand where they fit into this whole thing. And he was kind of giving them the same kind of history lesson. And I want to pick up in his writings there in the letter called Romans, and we'll see exactly what he said about what we've just been talking about. He said, when Adam sinned, Sin entered the world, okay? And Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. Everyone. For everyone sinned. Nobody is exempt. It affects everybody. In fact, I think a better way to maybe say this so we can remember it is just simply this. Adam's fall affects us all. Adam's fall, his choice to sin, what Adam and Eve did back then affects us now. And not just me, and not just you, but everything and everyone. Adam's fall affects us all, all of humanity. No one's exempt. No one gets a pass. No one gets to skip that. And not just all humanity, but all of creation, all of nature is affected by this. And this explains what we see in the world around us and what we experience in the world around us. I mean, maybe not explains it to where, hey, I got it all figured out kind of thing, but at least you have a context. Oh, this is what I'm watching. I'm watching the effects of sin. It's actually in theological circles called the curse of sin and death. I am watching the curse, the, the law of sin and death kind of run amok for a time being on the planet. When you watch the news, I don't know if you watch the news, but when you watch the news, that's what you're watching. I don't watch the news a lot, and, and this is one of the reasons why. The other day, I was watching the news, and um, man, it's just, have you ever found yourself talking to the TV? I know it's a sign of age, <laughs> but I, I said something to the TV. I mean, it was just like, hey, it's the news. Bad news, bad news, bad news, commercial break. Bad news, bad news, weather report, which would rain, so most people would think bad news. <laughs> commercial, right? Bad news, bad news. Oh, finally, thank God, sports. <laughs> Woo, you know, that, that's kind of the way I look at it. And so I found myself watching this and I, and I actually said about a little ways into it. Now, I know why they have to, I, I get it. I get what it's all about, but just tell me how it hit me personally. I looked at this and I go, do I need to know all of that? Why do I need to know about all the horrible things that are happening a thousand miles from here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening right here in my own neighborhood. I get it in my own backyard. I get it. And I probably need to be aware of some of that. But can you tell me something good? Can you, can you give me some hope? Can you give me some help? And I find myself going, oh my goodness, this is what we're watching. We're watching the effects of sin just go crazy all over the planet. 
Now, when we talk about this, that Adam's fall affects us all, immediately two questions are asked. Immediately, I find myself as a pastor wrestling with a couple of questions that people pose, and, and it's very logical, so let's just go ahead and talk about it, because if I'm sitting where you're sitting, I'd be thinking something along the lines of this. Well, why did God give Adam a choice anyway? I mean, if God knew, God knows everything, right? And if God knew that Adam was going to sin, God knew that Adam and Eve were going to do this, why didn't he stop it? Why didn't he not put the tree there to begin with? Or why didn't he make it so Adam and Eve couldn't do this? Or, you know, why, 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 why? Great question. And let me be very careful how I give you the answer. The answer may surprise you. Here's why. God put the tree there to begin with. Because of love. Because of love. You say, what? Okay, hang with me. Love. You see, God loved Adam and Eve and wanted them to choose to love him in return, to honor him, to follow him. And love, at its most basic explanation, is a choice. Love is a choice. You can't have love without free will. Forced love is not love, is it? How would you like it if those who say they loved you, you found out they loved you because they had to love you? They didn't have a choice but to love you, right? I mean, you're standing at the marriage altar. I do, I do, because I had to, right? That kind of takes the warm fuzzies away, you know? Who wants to do the honeymoon then? You know, there's no have me at hello, nothing. It's just like your dad lost a bet, so now I have to marry you, <laughs> Right? My goodness, no one would want to be married then, right? Forced love is not love. In order to love someone, you have to have the ability to choose to love them. The flip side of the ability to choose to love them is that you also have the ability to choose to not. The ability to choose to say no. The ability to choose to do your own thing. And because God loved Adam and Eve, he created them in his image and humanity in his image. And part of that means we have a free will because God has free will. That means we get to choose. So God, put that there. Give us a choice. Here's a second question. Just a burning question. Isn't it unfair though? The Adam's fall affects us all. Isn't that just a tad bit unfair? That he did something way back then, and I have to suffer the consequences for it. It's like the one kid that won't stop talking in, in the class, you know, in your third grade, and now the whole class has to write sentences. You ever have a teacher do that? You could probably lose your teacher job for doing that today. It's very politically incorrect. It's very discriminatory. But back then, teachers didn't care, you know. It worked. It's a bad day for that kid at recess, I'll tell you that. Hey, Jack. You look both ways. I'm going to take Kevin Alpha here behind the swing set. <laughs> I ain't writing no more senses. We're going to shut him up. <laughs> and then we're going to pray for him. <laughs> or, or I had a coach in, in uh, middle school, a basketball coach that wanted to teach us, you know, hey, you got to bring your best to the court. Don't just be your best on the court. I want you to be your best off the court because those are connected. Taught us so much. But if one of the guys were late, one, the guys were late for practice, we all had to run laps. <sighs> so doesn't it kind of feel like all humanity has been running laps because of Adam? All this time? 
Isn't it unfair? No, no, okay, listen very carefully. It is not unfair. It would only be unfair if you were sinless and I was sinless. And if we were perfect, if we were perfect and sinless, then we would have a legitimate beef, a legitimate gripe, a legitimate complaint to God and say, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. What about me? But here's the truth. We would have done, you and me, we would have done exactly what Adam did. And in fact, the reason I know that is because we do exactly what Adam did all the time. We go Adam on God constantly. And we do our own thing. And we disobey and we dishonor. So if you're sinless, then you gotta, then I, I'm on your side. But since you're not, and I'm not, we realize we do what he did. Which brings us to this next part. Adam's fall affects us all. Now we all fall. And no one is exempt. Everyone sinned. Everyone sinned. And here's what this means. We all choose to sin. We choose to sin. I'm not talking about the oops. I'm not talking about, ooh, I didn't mean to. That was an accident. Ah, that was a mistake. No, 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 no. Okay, there's that. And then there's the we know to do what we should do and we don't do it. We choose to sin. In fact, in fact, that's exactly how sin is described in the New Testament. Is that when you know to do good and you don't do it, that is sin. Come on, you do that, right? I know you do. Come on, husbands. You ever had this thing that you've, that you've thought about saying and you kind of felt like you needed to say it, but you know, shouldn't say that. And then you say it to your wife. You ever do that? I haven't, but I've heard it happens. <laughs> right? No, no, no. I mean, that happened. I mean, that happened like Thursday afternoon. There it is. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't. Nah, nah, I said it. And it was a lovely afternoon. <laughs> right? I chose to sin. And we are responsible. We are responsible for our own choice to sin. I can't blame you. You can't shift blame on me. We can't push responsibility on anything or anyone else, not even the devil. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. Now, he sure helped out. He'll be a willing participant all day long, but that's your choice. That's my choice. We choose to sin, and we are responsible for making that choice. It goes back to the classic questions, and I can remember debating these questions in seminary. And I look back now and say, why did we even worry about trying to figure that one out? And, and here's the deal. There's these two questions. Do we sin because we're sinners or are we sinners because we sin? It kind of makes your brain hurt, right? I mean, I haven't had lunch yet. Don't do that to me. Do we sin because we're sinners or are we sinners because we sin? Which came first? Sin or the sinner? Chicken or the egg kind of thing. Well, here's why you don't need to waste any brain power trying to figure that out. Because the answer to both of those questions are yes. Yes. We sin because we're sinners. Yes. We are sinners because we sin. Yes. Adam's fall affects us all. Now we all fall. Kind of depressing, isn't it? But it doesn't stop there. I don't want to leave you there. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you somewhere else. I'm gonna take you one step further. And thankfully, God doesn't leave us here. God takes us one step further. And this kind of sets up the rest of the series. Adam's fall affects us all, but that's not all, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a Southern thing, right? Yeah. Thank God that's not all. Here's a sneak peek. Here's a highlight. Here's a snapshot of what's coming. I want to show you something. And we're going to see this play out in the weeks to come, but here's just a highlight. Uh, Paul is writing to that same group of Christians in Rome, and he's going a little bit further. He just let them know, okay, Adam's fall affects us all. Now we all fall. Everyone sinned. This is the mess that we're in. But Paul went on to describe something that at first seemed very, very odd. And you, you'll see what I mean. But this lets us know that, that this is not the end, that sin is not the end. Sin does not have the last say. He goes on. Let's, let's listen in. Now, Adam is a symbol, okay? He's going to make an analogy, a comparison, a representation of, of, of Christ? Who was yet to come? Wow, that's odd, isn't it? He's like, Paul, you better back that up, man, because you got Adam the dude that screwed this whole thing up and now we're all screwing up, but he got the big ball of mess rolling. And now you're saying that Jesus is a lot like Adam or Adam is a lot like Jesus. Man, I'm not, you better explain what he does. Here we go. For the sin of this one man, very important, one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, okay? Adam's fall affects us all, now we all fall. That's what he's talking about. Watch this. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this, look at this, one man, Jesus Christ. You see the analogy? You see the comparison? One man, Adam. One man, Jesus Christ, who was so much more than just a man. One man, Adam, chose to disobey God and create this mess that we all participate in. I still participate in it, and so do you. But at the, on the other hand, one man, Jesus, came to give his life to forgive the sin and the mess and to fix the sin and the mess that Adam started. This one man, Jesus, who was so much more than just a man, gave himself, and when we receive what he has done for us, we can participate in what Jesus has done. One man, Adam, caused the problem. One man, Jesus, was God's answer to the problem. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's poetic, actually. What this shows us is that even back then, when this one man, Adam, went rogue on God, God says, I know what I'm going to do. I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do. I know how to address this. I know how to fix this. And in time, I'm going to bring it all about through this one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's answer to the mess of sin inside of us, and Jesus is God's answer to the mess of sin around us. Yeah, Adam's fall affects us all, and now we all fall. But thank God, that's not all. And Jesus is proof that that's not all. Now next week, here's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to begin to unpack and discover God's plan 
to address this mess, to fix it. And, and we're going to start talking about what we referred to in the video right before the message, the three covenants or agreements between God and humanity. Three covenants that God used to move things along in a very strategic and specific way to get us to the remedy of one man, Adam. The remedy is one man, Jesus. And that is something we get to participate in through faith in him and Christ alone. But maybe you're sitting there and you're going, well, okay, that's nice. That's all nice. <laughs> I, I knew some of that. Some of it I didn't know. But, but dude, I got to be honest with you. I don't know how any of this affects my life right now, today. You don't understand what kind of week I had. You, you don't know what I got staring down my throat this week. Um, I mean, I, I'm really in a mess, and, and I'm struggling, and I need some help. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here, because this does affect you, and this does help you. Here's what this does. Everything we've talked about, the fall, sin, all of that, explains what I feel inside me and what I see in the world around me. And this explains, not explains in terms of, now I don't have any more questions. Now we always have questions. But explains in the fact that it gives us a context. At least a category to say, okay, well it makes sense that I feel this way. Because that's the effects of sin inside me. And it makes sense that that's what I see in the world around me. Because that's the effects of sin in the world around me. This helps explain. This helps you understand the big picture and the context of what's going on. As you wrestle with everything that you're feeling, fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, as you deal with pain and problems, as you deal with all the feelings of feeling out of control, I am not saying that you feel all of that because you did something wrong, that all of that's because you goofed up. No, 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 it's bigger than that. All of that is because of the effects of sin that are present in the world. It affects us on the inside just that way. And as you look around you, Man, what a mess, right? Does it, doesn't it cause you to question things? It sure causes me to question a lot. This explains, this gives me a context for what I'm seeing when I see the violence. And I watch the news and I'm like, wow. And, and, and I watch the war and the killing and, the, and I watch... Acts of terror, like what we just saw in New Zealand in the last couple of days. You look at that and you can think to yourself, okay, I, I don't know what would possess someone to do that. But this is obviously the effect of sin. Run amok in the world. See, it's bigger. It's bigger than you just looking at the TV going... That's a horrible person. Here's why you don't want to do that. Because you could be a horrible person as well. 
See, it's bigger. Then that's an awful person. Well, you can be an awful person. Well, not that awful. Really? Because we are capable of doing anything our neighbors have done. So you don't want to go down that road. You're much better off just taking a few steps back and saying, this is what we're seeing. First of all, this is what I'm feeling. It's the effects of sin. The effects of the curse of sin and death. And this is what I'm seeing in the world. The effects of sin. The curse of sin and death. It's what you see when you see slavery. It's what all that was. It's what it is today. Human trafficking. It's what you're watching. It's what you're seeing. Poverty. No, no, not because somebody did something wrong per se. Now they're poor. No, no, no. But the effects of what sin has done on the planet puts people in positions of poverty. It kind of makes your brain hurt, but it's true. Hey, it also explains politics. That's an easy one. Right? Right? Sin. Politics. Yep. Even your side of the aisle. Doesn't matter which side you sit on. It explains natural disasters a little bit better. Tragedies, disease, the effects of sin. See, Adam's fall affects us all. It affected everything. Now we all fall. Now everything's affected. But that's not all, thank God. So what do we do with that? With what I feel inside of me and what I see in the world around me? What are you supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? Here's what we do. We take what we feel inside of us and what we see in the world around us and we let it drive us to God. Not away from God. And we'll talk about why as we get a little bit further on in the series because some people are like, because of what I feel and because of what I see, I can't believe in God. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, that's short-sighted. You're stopping in the story too soon because that's not all. That's not all. That's not all. We're not done yet. The story's not over yet. Not even yours much less the world's. So as you feel these things and as you see these things, may they drive us to God to long for him and look for him and call out to him and cry out to him and say, God, I need you. God, I need you. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're not a Christian and you're, and you're so disillusioned by not just what you feel, but by what you see. And you're like, well, man, if this is sin then this explains why I don't get it and I, I just don't care and I, I got all these questions. Well, then start with this. Just start by going to God and saying, help me. God, help me. Start there. And you might be surprised the journey that puts you on. And for those of you that are followers of Jesus, you still feel, you still feel what you feel inside of you. That only thing that can explain that is the effects of sin in your life. Not saying you did something wrong necessarily, but it's the effects of what exists in the world around you. And it could be because of something stupid you did. That's always, you go at him on God all the time. So do I. And as a follower of Jesus, you look around at the world around you and like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And you have friends that ask you questions and say, if God was loving, why this? And if God loved us, then why this? And you've got all these questions too. Yeah, with me. May it drive us to God and say, and never get, never get too spiritually mature to pray this prayer. God, help me. 
God, help me. God, help me. So let's go to him right now and let's take what we feel inside of us and what we see around us and may it drive us to him. As we go down the road in the next few weeks and learn more of the story in this journey, we got to start here and come back to it time and time again. Father, thank you. Thank you for this perspective, for this help, because I certainly need it. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that what I feel inside of me is because of the effects of sin. Not just what Adam did, but because of what I do and what's being done around me. It's the effects of all of it. Help me to be aware more than ever before of when I pull an Adam on you. But God, may I not lose hope. May I receive encouragement from the truth that gives me hope that that's not all. It's not over. It's not done. There is more. And the best is yet to come. That this is just how it got started. This is not how it's going to end. That it was never supposed to be this way. And even though it's this way now, it's not always going to be this way. So I call out to you on behalf of myself and all of my friends here. We call out to you as we struggle with what we feel inside of us and as we wrestle with what we see around us, we call out to you. We come to you. You are our hope. And while I may still have questions about why and when and where, at least I have a context for understanding the reason these things exist. And now you can take us somewhere. And now you can do a work in our hearts. And now you can begin to unveil your plan for us that you set into motion long before we ever got here. Thank you that that's not all. So teach us. Draw us closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen.